and welcome back to Real Perspective, the only podcast based on a YouTube channel based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. I'm Michael Moray. I'm Missy Lonsinger. And if we sound more excited than usual today, it's because (laughs) we are bringing you our long-awaited, much-anticipated Jellicle Cats episode. (laughs) And, uh, Uh. yep, we're going to talk about cats. Uh, so this is officially the podcast. No. Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Too late. It happened. It's staying in the episode. Damn it. Um, Cats is a movie, I guess. Cats. That's what you can call it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. qualifies as a movie that came out in 2019. <laughs> and then the world lit on fire. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely the harbinger. Exactly. We never for that. Jeez. Um. It's oh, wow. So it's a movie based on the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, and um, it, it's about some cats. Yep. That <laughs> want to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And then one of them does, and then the movie's over. Wait, but the way they die is they sing their name over and over over again. The the mechanics of how cat death works is significantly (laughs) more complicated than I could have ever imagined. They have to have a ball, which is actually just the Eurovision Song Contest, um, but for cats. And then a very old cat who has not died yet chooses <laughs> which one of the cats dies, presumably because she's being punished for something. Uh, maybe maybe it's like a cat knows the situation where she can't enter the promised land, and that's why her name is Old Deuteronomy. Like, I don't really... <laughs> I don't really know. You know? Maybe. <laughs> don't that entertain it, that. that that make it way more interesting than what we actually saw um so the over the course of the movie there's a cat named who victoria. victoria okay I, that's what i was gonna because say she was added so she had yes. a normal name so she is new to the, the movie uh she's not in the play and she's basically a blank slate for the audience to project onto she kind of just stares blankly. <laughs> she just kind of stares yep. blankly yep. at the <laughs> at the other cats yep. introducing themselves, and that's the movie. It's just cats introducing themselves for two hours, and then Judy Dench tells you that I hope you learned something. That cats aren't dogs, <laughs> um, which is the theme of the whole movie. Yeah, so we saw this movie together. Like we did uh-huh. a real we did a real pee family outing. And uh, it is the best and worst movie going experience of my entire life, I think. (laughs) Because we went, the good news is we did not pay to see cats. Not a single person in our group paid to see cats because my old job used to give out movie tickets like candy and I had enough to cover all of us. So I rolled in there with five free passes and said, five for cats, please. <laughs> and the guy looked at me, hit the button, and said, you have the theater to yourselves. Where do you want to sit? And I was like, there's fine. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> so then we just screamed at this movie 
for two hours. Truly. <laughs> You're not even yeah. exaggerating. It's, it started and immediately we were not on board with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that overture is the stuff of nightmares. It is so like discordant and just disgusting. And it, yeah, it was bad. It was real bad. Yeah, we all like kind of just flinched at the very beginning. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. It it was man, this movie's something else, you guys. Uh I don't want to dominate all the time. So my Mike and Missy, why don't you go about your cat's experience? Uh, Missy, you go ahead. You're you have a more recent experience with it as well. Yeah, same. This, this is true. <laughs> um so I, I feel like I should just preface this. If I see a movie after four PM, I will very likely fall asleep during it because I'm actually 75 years old. Um, and so when, when we saw cats uh, without fail, I definitely fell asleep. Uh, but the thing is when you sleep, you don't know how much you've missed. I didn't think I'd missed that much of the film when we first saw it. I was like, Oh, I missed Taylor Swift. Boo hoo. Um, but then so I rewatched it today and I realized I had slept through a lot. And I also realized that it's still very, very bad. And I didn't miss anything um, except for some really, really bad performances. So yeah, I mean, I guess what overall perception of it, it's it's bad, very bad, very poorly directed. Uh, I think the thing about Cats as a theatrical piece is that it, it's like so I as a theater person, um, when people do Cats, like that's always like, oh, OK, so it's a dancer show. Like, you know that if you're more into acting or more into singing, you're probably not going to audition for that because the show itself is very, very heavy with just dancers. And so. Ugh, the thing with this, the CGI, apart from the fact that it was just so shitty, like all over the place, is it's really, I feel like it was robbing the show of the one shining thing that it had, which is the dancing. Because the CGI is so off that the dancing's kind of off. Like you can't see their weird, like cat legs or human feet or whatever the hell they decided to do. It was just, it, it was, it was a mess from start to finish. Um, there were a couple good performances from a couple very good actors who, you know, managed to shine through that, but. Oh, it is it is Ray Winstone. Oh, my favorite, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, and the children mice, the the choir of of mice children with yeah. children faces. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know, like half half a star, I guess. Point point three 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 stars. That's yeah, that's that's my contribution, my thoughts. Uh, negative stars, negative <laughs> or it. I don't even know where to start with this movie. It was an abomination. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was so bad. Um, first of all, I don't usually believe in like movies retroactively making me think that like a director should be stripped of their awards or accolades. <laughs> Tom Hooper should probably be stripped of any sort of Academy Awards or anything that he's done ever. Yes. Um, because of this, uh, it is. I don't even know how hundreds of people. You see that credits list, and it keeps on going. How that many people were involved in this, and then not a single person was like, "What the hell, guys?" Uh, it's a an abortion. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, man. Uh, this is. The worst movie I think I've ever seen. Um, yeah, it's truly. Certainly the most, because it's not like it's such a different bad movie. Like it's it, it's so it doesn't work on 
every single level. Like n- none of it works. The performances are bad, with the exception of like Ian McKellen. That's all I got. Jason Derulo. We'll talk about him in a second. He's actually not terrible. Yeah, and, um, and Mustafa is not bad either. I, oh, I, will, yeah. I will throw that out there. That's, that's, right. that's three like, out of seventy-eight cats. Yeah. Um, and also, it's a movie that has Rebel Wilson and James Corden in it. God. So, uh, you back know, back. <laughs> right. Um, but it's directed poorly. The special effects do not work at all. Um, it's clear that most of the cast is holding this script in contempt. Um, and it just like shines through the movie. It's really grating. It, it gave me a headache when we saw it and yeah. there were probably other reasons why it gave me a headache when we saw it, but going back and I also revisited it tonight because I wanted to make sure my memory was clear. And it turns <laughs> out I had perfect recall of cats um, because all the things where I was like, no, that didn't happen in the movie. Turns out happened in the movie. <laughs> and uh, it, it, I was in a bad mood after we saw it and I was just like, that was really bad. Like that was the worst movie. Mike, I I drove you and Matthew home and I was like, that was the worst movie you guys have ever seen. Right. And you guys were like, I, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I immediately on my Instagram story, uh, was like, I'm, I'm fairly certain that's what the people on bird box saw. Like before they decided to become suicidal. I'm very <laughs> confident in that. It, it's real bad. Yeah. And it just like, it starts off like you like you said, Missy. It's got this really discordant like overture, and it's just like really ugly, and yeah. the, the cats are really bad to look at, and then <laughs> none of the performers can sing at all. Um, mm. You know, there's so much, uh, there's so many effects that went in after, like, like just uh, it, you know they fixed they fixed the vocal performances in post. And you can tell, you can hear it. But it still sounded bad. Yeah. They fixed it to sound, what, like a D minus instead of an F? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, you can't go and fix most of those compositions. That's the big Th- problem. This is true. Yeah, the songs yeah. are bad. Like, yeah. objectively across the board, terrible. Um, But it just doesn't work, man. And it, it, it so Cats has taken on this. Um, like cult status, like a like a Rocky Horror. I don't know if you guys saw any of the the like the social media videos of people like just getting on board with whatever this movie was throwing down and like dancing in the aisles during the songs, and uh, like like so like Jennifer Hudson is uh the glamour cat and Grisabella. Grisabella. And she's just like constantly got snot like on, on her nose, like on, like on her upper out. lip. Yeah. Yes. Which is a crazy choice. Um, <laughs> and like people, it's become like a meme now to go to screenings of cats, and every time there's a close up of that, they just go tissue. Um, so <laughs> it's it's taken on this like mimetic life. <sighs> I do. I don't know, guys. Uh-huh. I feel like that's just also forced to me. I don't feel like that's organic at all. It's just, uh, maybe that's how Rocky Horror or Rocky Horror Picture Show started, but I just can't believe someone willingly putting themselves through that movie just for a, 
a joke other than it being forced. Like, I just, I don't know. I, it doesn't work. I, I completely agree. I feel like, because you're, the thing about Rocky Horror is the songs are actually very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Tim Curry. The performances aren't bad. It's a, it's a goofy-ass show. It lends itself to, you know, that whole, like, shtick that they have with it when people go see it. But this is truly just very bad. It feels like a desperate attempt for this generation to have a Rocky Horror, where it's like, all right, guys, this will be our thing, or we can go do, like, fun, cool stuff. But it's, like, it's so bad. Like you said, like, there's not even redeemable enough bad qualities. I think before we went to see it, we had kind of discussed, like, oh, it'll be so bad, it'll be kind of funny. But then when we were watching it, we're like, no, it's so bad. This is, like, upsetting. Like, my brain hurts, and so does my soul. It's just, like, it's really <laughs> yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it wasn't, like, the kind of campy that you need for it to be one of these cult right. classics. It, it's just it's too, I don't want to say earnest, because I don't know if that's the right word for it. But I think I think it is sincere about trying to be what it is. And and thinking that it's better than it is, yeah. Uh, it, 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 but it doesn't lend itself to a level of irony that you can watch with like Rocky Horror, right? Well, and when MJ, when you were first saying that you thought it was the worst thing you'd ever seen, like before this, I had always said, oh god, it's bad. The Uma Thurman, I think Owen Wilson romantic comedy, My Super Ex Girlfriend, was oh, yeah. I think the worst oh, yeah. thing I'd ever seen in theaters, and and it was bad because I mean, it, but it was a romantic comedy and knew it was stupid. But I think, like you were saying, Mike, the fact that like this was so <laughs> earnest in thinking that it was probably going to win some Oscars or get nominated, but it was so bad, like even. When we were watching and Jennifer Hudson was singing that last part of memory, um, at one point Jordan goes, he's like, oh, you can tell like, she thinks she's going to get an Oscar for this. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. But, but, but it's like so bad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what makes it even worse is like, I can't even laugh at it. Cause it's like, oh, like th- you thought this was this was good. Like this mm-hmm. was going to get you something. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, friend of the show, Ariel. Uh, shout out, Not Your Final Girl podcast. She mm-hmm. brought up the point that, well, so... The, the weekend after we saw, we met up with them for uh, coffee and her boyfriend, Brian, was like, did you guys see Cats? And I was like, I didn't. He was like, you seem different. Um, <laughs> and uh, which is fair enough. And uh, she brought up the fact that like this movie is a cat um, because it starts and it's immediately doing things you do not want it to do. <laughs> and so your initial reaction to it is just <laughs> no stop that um, <laughs> which is completely accurate yeah um it, so specifically it's it's kind of a vignette driven movie or and show I, i'm assuming a lot of this is lifted just directly out of the show um yeah. it's by the way an hour shorter than the show um which is crazy and uh so it's just cats singing about themselves and there are different types of cats apparently like a jellical cat and a gumpy cat um (laughs) and Gumby. It was Gumby. It was, it was it lifted Gumby? straight straight from the character, the green character. Yes. Okay. And I had the captions on because I couldn't understand during the theater. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's Gumby. Um, okay. So it's a it's a Gumby cat. And <laughs> uh, 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 the thing is, 
There's no explanation for what any of this world is, for what any, like, any of the rules are out the window. And it just, like, drops you in there and is like, yeah, I don't know, you deal with this. <laughs> um, and it's based off of a book of poems called uh, Something Practical Guide to Cats by T.S. Eliot. And it's just a series of poems. Right about cats which is fine um and what i've since learned is that the lyrics to the songs are actually the words in the poems mm-hmm. um and i was thinking about that when i rewatched half of it tonight and i was like i can understand how these work at poems what i can't understand is reading this book and then deciding to turn it into a musical just as is. Yeah. The, the 80s were a hell of a decade, man. Lots of Sincerely. Coke. Like, this, more than almost any other thing, because, like, for a while, I've been like, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber's not that great. He's not that great. And then watching this, I'm like, no, I know that this man is a hack. I know that he somehow lucked out of his <laughs> ass with Phantom. And I think that Evita is also very good. But a lot of, like, Starlight Express, I don't know if you guys are aware of this show, huh? Is, huh? Is, a show is a show about trains. It's a show about trains. They're sentient trains and people ride around on roller blades, blades and that is the show. Huh? And so it's just like, no, Angela Weber, I'm sorry. Like, you don't get a free pass because you wrote Phantom. This is a shit show. I don't know why people <laughs> like it. I don't know why you would base anything off those poems because it doesn't make sense. So, yeah, it, that's, it's an, yeah. It, it's the longest running show in Broadway history. Like, why? For what purpose? I don't know. How? I don't know. Because it's Andrew Lloyd Webber. He's, uh, I don't know. Okay, so like, I can understand Phantom running forever on Broadway. That right, makes Phantom's sense. Good. Right, yeah. yeah, it's good. Right. And, but it's got, it's also got a story. Like, sure. there's there's a cohesive plot to it. And I haven't talked to a single person who has seen Cats Broadway or otherwise who has enjoyed their time with the show. You know, I, I know remember, some old people. Yeah. I know some old theater goers who are like, this is my favorite show. And I'm like, what? I like, don't know when you got kicked in the head by the horse which is my favorite (laughs) go-to insult um yeah i feel the same way as you do mj i have never met a single person who's liked it i almost kind of wonder if maybe it sustains itself from everybody saying well everybody else watches it so i'm gonna go see it and then everyone has but no one ever like spreads the word that it's bad (laughs) but it's just like the self-fulfilling prophecy of well everyone else is watching it so i guess i will yeah it's like the Emperor's New Clothes. It's it's been on so long, and people are like, "Oh yeah, it's it's so good and interesting." And it's like, "Yeah, yeah, def- definitely." Nobody's like willing to say, "No, this is shitty. It's bad. Take it away." I, I don't know. It's it's bizarre to me, but it definitely makes you go and think that Andrew Lee Weber is a hack. I mean, I think that there's definitely some cases to be made that some creative people only have one or two good stories in them. And with Weber, it was Phantom, and then I haven't seen the Vita, but I like Evita a lot. Okay. Well, the thing is, none of his are original. Avita's not. Phantom's mm-hmm. not. Uh, Starlight Express might be, but that's shit. Joseph Nemezine, Technicolor Dreamcoat is not. Nothing he... Well, and not to say that you have to only create original stories to be good, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm just... I don't like him right now, so I want to shit on whatever he does. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, because, like, Jesus Christ Superstar is an original, obviously. That's also uh, not my favorite. <laughs> oh, no, it's pretty bad. It's yeah. It's not great. Not good. Not good songs. <laughs> um, that show's real goofy. Yeah, that's a yeah. goofy ass show, man. 
it's yeah anyway uh i feel about that one yeah it's oh man that show's weird it's that one's weird but at least there's like a storyline to it man like right that's the thing is like i don't I, i think the thing with cats is I'm fine with the movie being vignette driven. Like I, you know, and I've said on the show before, movies aren't just one thing. Like I don't need my movie to be this, you know, cohesive like thing. It needs to be cohesive, but it doesn't need to have a story. Like it can be imagery. Like um, there's a, there's a documentary called like Koreana Skatsi. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, Um, but it's like this art house documentary. That's kind of just like nature scenes uh, basically. And like scenes from like indigenous tribes and, um, Hmm like some time-lapse photography of the night sky or traffic or whatever. Um, and uh, there, it's like one in one of part, one of a trilogy. And like that to me, that's valid. That's a movie. I've seen Koreana Skatsi. I, you know, I don't know that I get it necessarily in big quotes, but I understand that it's like a labor of love from someone. And it clearly, like, there's an intent behind it that I can understand at least, or something like tree of life, which is very like esoteric and mm-hmm. kind of odd. And, you know, it's a movie about this kid or it's a movie about this guy looking back on his life as a child in the 1950s, growing up under a strict father and kind of reconciling that with um, some, and the movie's not clear about this, but some, uh, I think mental health struggles that he's, he's struggling with as an adult, but there's also like an extended sequence. That's like the creation story and dinosaurs roaming the earth um and um but uh, once again like more time-lapse nature photography and things like that and i like that movie Mm -hmm. and i don't think it needs to necessarily be all spelled out but i can feel like i can feel that it's terrence malick trying to get at something within himself or at something about the human experience with cats i don't know what the intention is behind the movie so it's completely jumbled and like I don't know, like, I don't know what Andrew Lloyd Webber was trying to say with this music, um, especially if he's lifting the words directly out of the poems by T.S. Eliot. They're not his words. And then the added layer, the added heaviside layer on top of that is that I don't know what Tom Hooper's trying to get at with this movie outside Mm -hmm. of, like, give me more Oscars because I've (laughs) adapted this beloved play. Right. Yeah, I think that that's something that was very bewildering about the whole experience is it's just like your brain is trying to attack it from different angles, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out like why cats and how cats. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like you start to do this, like, are you guys familiar with the cars meme? Um, Is it lightning McQueen, but his eyes look really weird. (laughs) No, I mean, there's this like mimetic thing about cars where it's like, how does their universe work? Like, where is oh, their stomach? Where oh, is their right. yeah, yeah. Uh, how do For they sure. use the restroom? Right, what, right. So you start to do that. Like, I think it's kind of dumb to do that with Cars because it's like a kid's movie. Sure. So, like, I like that meme really kind of annoys me because it's like, it's not, it, don't, come on, guys. Yeah. But with Cats, uh, you absolutely start to think about stuff like that. Like, there was a yeah. certain part when I was rewatching it tonight where there's like, there's it starts off with this establishing shot of the night sky and it pans down over the Egyptian theater. And it's mm-hmm. like, OK, there are no humans around. Are these cats like do they have an economy? Do they have like money? 
there's advertisements for like London Dry Gin and other things. And it's just like, okay, what what is this world? Like, how yeah. does this how does this work? They go to a bar at one point, but they break in, but it's a milk bar that's kind of cat sized. Mm-hmm. And so it it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like it, it just doesn't and so you start to think about these things in this almost non-ironic way because the movie doesn't have a sense of irony about itself the way something like Rocky Horror does. Sure. Um, and so it's like earnest but pretentious, but, but also stupid. just what the hell? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's like a non-movie. Yeah, yeah I, I think at, at one point, MJ watching it again tonight, I was starting to question something. I don't know if it was the scale, because the scale really does, that That blows my brain. Uh, it's just like, I cannot tell how big these cats are supposed to be based on the things, like, I because is it a human world and they're all small, but then when they're around human things, they're kind of big, so are they massive cats? Um, and I, I think I was like asking uh, Jordan something, and he goes, are, are you trying to put logic into this? And at one point I was like, yeah, like I feel like that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to put logic on something that is very insane and has no logic in it like at all because it doesn't make sense yeah and that, that's what it gets back to me where i'm like why did no one say no to this and then yes. and then i tie it like i tie it into the why does everybody hate this like you know just the musical not even talking about the movie why does everyone hate this but then it seems to keep on going and that just seems to be like what cats is is just it's just something that like self-perpetuates and happens like this movie is just something that perpetuated and happened without any resistance because everyone just assumed it was something that like needs to be made oh the greatest showman like made a ton of money (laughs) so but like what do we need to have to like counter that or thomas hooper's like give me some more of those musical bucks or something and it's just like something that just happens without any resistance because everyone just assumes that it, it's so long lasting that there must be some sort of value to it when clearly there isn't. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Yes. Parts of it. So oh, I know what you're talking about immediately. There's a running joke. And I think the second to last season. Yes. Where Titus joins the cast of cats. Um, and the, the way he does it is he just shows up dressed like a cat. One day, like, he just puts together a homemade cat's costume and joins the cast while they're on stage. And mm-hmm. they just go with it. Like, the whole cast is like, yeah, this is fine. They were like, come up with right. some, like, bullshit name and you can be part of the show. And then he finds out that the part of the show where the cats go into the audience and start singing in people's faces is they're just stealing from everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> and. I was unfamiliar with cats at this point, like when that when that season aired. But that's when I learned mm-hmm. that Kristen, my wife, had seen cats with her mom and they walked out. Uh, um, they were like, they really? nope. Yeah, they left it intermission. Um, Jeez. Yeah. And so I had gone into it like knowing that cats was the longest running Broadway musical, but I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. That happened and Kristen was on the floor and she was like, that's what Cats is. And I was like, no, it's not. People love Cats. And she was like, no, they don't. It's just been around forever. <laughs> uh, but, like, so has the KKK. And most people aren't on board with that. 
it it really like I mean Cass is the KKK again, music. it is but it really it feels like the emperor's new clothes like it's something that's based on poetry which is highly like regarded as being like you know an intellectual art form and so it's like if you don't get it then maybe it's just oh like maybe I just don't get it but when so many people are kind of perpetuating it as being this deep artistic endeavor then nobody wants to be the one who's questioning it because then you seem like the, you know, freaking Philistine who doesn't get cats. But it's just like, no, it's just a nonsensical, weird show that has been perpetuated for too long because nobody. Well, I mean, I guess now people are more willing to stand up and say it's bad. But for a long time, a lot of theater goers were saying that this was like the best thing ever. And maybe just because it was different, I, I guess it was viewed as better. I, I have no idea, honestly. I, I don't know how it is perpetuated this long. I don't know. I, I think that you're kind of getting close to it, though. And it's like this. Well, I don't get it, but somebody does. That's why I keep right. on making money. So I guess I'm not going <laughs> to criticize it. Sure, I'm sure. Those hipsters who don't like popular things, which those people have been ahead of the curve always on this, which is that it's crap. Mm-hmm. Sure. But my thing is, I think what I'm trying to get at, like the root of me coming back to this point of conversation, is that by that logic, I feel like every Terrence Malick movie should make a billion dollars. Or like every... <laughs> Uh, Werner Herzog movie should make a billion dollars, or even every Coen Brothers movie. Like there have been, but, pl- they, don't, but they don't have music. That's the thing. Because <laughs> like, like the music is another layer of this, which is just like this. It's an entry point for certain types of people to really like songs to like come in, and then even if they don't like the songs of this one, it's still an entry point that's different than a Terrence Malick movie. Right. And and theater in and of itself is like a different beast. And I think when Cats came out, it was very avant-garde. It was very different. Um, so I don't know if that lended to it where at first it was just like, wow, this is a really different looking musical than we've had. And then it just kind of kept going. And so I don't know, like, I, I do get what you're saying, but I feel like because it originated in theater, um, it, it's kind of like a little, I don't know, a little bit of a different thing. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, too, is most of like my artistic um um literacy comes from you know film um and it's just a different it's just a different beast and sure uh so you know like i don't really get art either you know like i like art and i have like i have a lot of art but it's all posters for like movies that i like or musicians that i like like things that i already like things that are already my interests um Mm -hmm. Uh, like fi- like fine art, I can look at it and be like, they did a really good job painting that. I know it's super hard to paint that. But as far as like looking at a piece of art and like being able to ter- determine what the artist's intent was behind it, I'm very bad at that. And I'll be the first person to admit that I'm very bad at that. Um, <clears throat> but I still think that if I see, like I still think there's something instinctual in me that if mm-hmm. I look at a painting that someone has done, I can see an intentionality behind it. Sure. And I can't see that with cats. Like yeah. I, I don't see any intentionality behind any of this outside of like cocaine. And I had a contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this second viewing, I, I was trying to think, cause I mean, at one point she, I don't know if it was old Deuteronomy. God, I can't say that. I, it's Duke. Judy Dench. I, I will not call for that ever. <laughs> old Duke. Uh, No. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was her or somebody at one point was saying like, like you're a cat that, or no, um, I, and it doesn't matter. One of the characters at one point was saying that they wanted to be changed. They needed to be changed. And so I was thinking, okay, maybe, maybe that's like the overall theme is that 
we're kind of looking at who we are and, and people who want to like have a new start. And this is symbolic of them having a new start, but then it's literally them dying. So it's like, Oh, you don't like who you are as a person. Just kill yourself. And maybe reincarnation <laughs> is real and you'll become a skinnier cat. If you're James Corden or I don't even know what the purpose was or the thought was behind the other one. So it was just, if there was any kind of theme like that, it was not in any way, shape or form indicated with the exception of, I think a cat said that James Corden did want to be a skinnier cat if he was reincarnated. But like Ian McKellen, like, I don't know why it is because the theater had been given up on. He had been given up on. Like, I, I don't know. He just sang his old song and was like weirdly drinking out of a bowl of milk. And so I, I, I don't know the purpose or motive behind a lot of these cats. They just wanted to die, apparently. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think one of the things we've been dancing around, and maybe this got a little deeper than you thought it was going to when you signed up for a Cats episode, listeners and us. Um, <laughs> but So specifically in the film, um, it's crazy because... <laughs> There's like there there's there's these cats introducing themselves to this audience surrogate character, and that's the whole movie. They just come into her yeah. life, sing a song about themselves, and then go, Well, see you later, and like disappear. There's sort of a through line of like Idris Elba's weird Ken doll cat um <laughs> kidnapping <laughs> kidnapping <laughs> them and uh like he eats them away. He, yeah, yeah, he eats them away, <laughs> and um, by grabbing them by the jugular and screaming "meow." Um, <laughs> by the way, the thing I noticed is that there are wanted posters for McCavity. Oh yeah, and did you see what he was wanted for? I didn't. Everything. No. It just says wanted oh. for everything. Oh. I'm so stupid. <laughs> Oh no! Like five year olds make this. <laughs> I don't understand. God. Uh. His introduction to it is there's like a there's like a, a poster for Moriarty who it, yeah it doesn't explain who that is. It, presumably oh. Sherlock's arch nemesis, and then why was um, there a poster for him? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yes. And then McCavity, which is Idris Elba, lands on top of it and it changes to a wanted poster of him and it says McCavity wanted for <laughs> everything. Oh no. So if you're looking for someone to blame coronavirus on, it turns it's McCavity. out McCavity. I mean uh, from this trajectory since the movie came out, I'm willing to do that. Yeah. Same. So uh, the the crazy thing is that this movie is and like yeah like Cats is um, regarded as like kind of a crazy show, but there's like makeup and costumes and there's still like a humanity behind these these actors. This is all removed from the film adaptation of Cats because uh, of the CGI. Sh- the, yeah, the shoddy CGI. Yeah, that went digital into fur it. technology. Yes, yeah, the digital oh, fur technology. And uh, you see, like they they introduce themselves to Veronica or whatever her name is, Victoria. and Victoria, <laughs> whatever. Why do I know that? And they like go see the Gumby Cat, which is Rebel Wilson <laughs> as, as Jenny Any Dots, and she's singing about how, like she's like fat. She's fat, and she's taught cockroaches and mice to sing but yes. she also eats them that's literally the extent of her song 
Yes. Uh, and But th- it's also framed that this is the song she's going to sing in the Kitty Cat Eurovision Song Contest to get to the right. head of song. And, like, one, <sighs> why, why, why are you giving up your whole number like that? Two, uh, what? Ugh. And it's just, like, it's drenched in this, like, nightmare fuel CGI. Like, they, they oh, yeah. put, give mice yeah. these, like, little kid faces and, yep. like, the cockroaches are, like, backup dancers and it's just, like... And she eats them. And she eats them. It's... It, it's... It's messed up. Yeah, it is. And, like, you know, you're saying that the musical, at least, there's choreography and dancing and all that yeah. stuff. I can't think of a single dance move or anything in there because it's just the CG digital fur technology. Exactly. Um, it just, just obliterates it. it it's just yeah. like all it, all it leaves in your brain is just like this horrifying image of people, but they're not people because they mm-hmm. went way too far with this. Like, holy crap. I, nobody said stop for the entire yeah. process of this. Well, and there was a lot of, I mean, just in that choreography, not still, there was one aspect that I thought was good. And that's the railway cat, the one who taps, mm-hmm. because at one point they zoomed in on his feet and I'm pretty sure it, it like, they didn't show anything cat like. So I think it probably was just his feet. And I'm like, this looks good, but everything else, like, because they, they freaking fly around or they'll float around and do these weird flips. So it's like none of the dancing, if it is good, I'm like, I don't even know if this is real because everything else has been CG'd in. So you, like like I said before, like you're taking away that one aspect that made this a really kind of beautiful thing. And and the fact that like Victoria, the actress, uh, who, apart from the fact that she's a black woman who is a completely white cat, like that, that she's a professional ballerina. And it's like you're, you're kind of ruining that because clearly she wasn't mm-hmm. an actress or a singer. Like her voice was was uh, it was very reedy. It was, it was fine or whatever but like i mean you can't even showcase that because it's so undercut by this really shitty cgi that just takes away from so much of her talent so it was just it was really disappointing yeah and like the the movie costs it had to have cost over 100 million dollars to make yeah it, it was close to i was just looking at it it i think they grossed i think about 70 million altogether wow. from box office good um, job cats yeah, but it cost them like a little over a hundred million to make. So, right. <laughs> oh, sorry, so it didn't gross. It it earned that, yeah, in box office. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't um, break even. Good. Uh, and but like, I I think back to something like, uh, for example, just because I'm looking at it on my DVD shelf right now, like District Nine. Sure. Um, one that movie came out eleven years ago now. Um, wow. Yeah, right? Crazy. <laughs> uh, and it had, I want to say, like a $20 million budget. Mm. And the CGI still holds up from what I remember from the last time I saw it. Yeah. It's pretty great. good. And it takes place mostly in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. And Cats happens at night, like in the shadows, and it still looks like garbage. Yeah. So how does how does a movie look like this in 2019? Because it's just too much of it. Like that's the problem. Yeah. Because because the movie is just like bathed in CG everywhere. You have to go and spend um, the same amount of time that maybe they spent with District Nine, but across hundred and you know twenty minutes of film versus mm-hmm. maybe like select scenes here and there. And mm-hmm. 
it, it's just the budget being stretched thin by all of this. I mean, also it's just bad art direction, just like sure. gear, design, uh, set design, all these things just compound on top of each other. And it's just a nightmarish mess visually because of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I, I had, Oh, I think I had texted you guys. How I'm like, I'm rewatching through all the star Wars right now. And, mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen the prequels in probably over a decade. And I think, I truly think my biggest issue with them is the fact that everything is so CGI. Like, and it's, and it's, I think a similar issue with cats is when everything is CGI, just like on a performance level, you cannot give like the same level of performance when you're when you're in a suit and what you're reacting with is a suit and everything around you is green. Like there's nothing there. There's nothing there to ground you in a performance. And I feel like it's the same with like a cinematographer or director. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're just I don't know when it's when it's so heavy on CGI, like cats was like the prequels are. I don't know. I feel like you're just you're detracting so much from that art form. You're taking away so much and it's and it looks shitty. Like it just looks really, really bad. So. I don't want to call out a knight, but I'm gonna. Um, <laughs> so now that you bring that up, I'm reminded of uh, Ian McKellen talking about having a not great time filming the Hobbit movies because of that. Sure. Mm. And there's like a pre- a fairly well-known story that he kind of had like a breakdown on set and like cried. He He said this in several interviews that he cried on set one day because he was acting against nothing and he was like, this isn't what acting is. Right. Um, but then he's in cats. Yep. <laughs> Money. Yeah. I mean, I, that's it. I think that's like, honestly, the honest answer when it comes to most things is just like money. It's yeah. So-and-so has got to eat. So we got to get money. And there's like, why does this movie get made? Because they saw a couple other musicals doing well, and they're just like, well, what do we have on deck? Or what do we have the rights to already or something? Yeah, because, like, go ahead. No, no, I mean, I I mean, it's basically the point. It's just that it's it's just a culmination of all these decisions, which is like, what's popular? This seems popular. Mm -hmm. It can make X amount of money according to projections. Let's do it. And there's no artistry. Like, I mean, I think the people making it think that they're making art in some way, but, like, the the business decision at the end of the day was just purely a business decision. And it was just about like, well, this has, you know, an audience of so-and-so people it sold so many tickets. Therefore mm-hmm. it must make a good film and must right. make us. Yeah. And so, you know, cats has been optioned for um, adaptation since the eighties, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the first time it's hit the screen. I think you're onto something. I think we saw, um, kind of the one-two punch of La La Land and The Greatest Showman kind of pop, right? Right. Um, you know, and those were, you know, movies that that people really liked, and you know, um, I think La La Land fared better awards-wise than uh, Greatest Showman did. But people like, I know music teachers who have told me that The Greatest Showman is the greatest musical they've ever seen. I have not seen the movie. But also, I saw the trailer, and I know that's a lie. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not good. But it's it's not. somehow, it just penetrated like the zeitgeist really well, and I it can't. Really I can't. Did. It. Yeah, like I, I know, I know, like like you said, like music people. I know theater people. I know lay people across the board who really, really love it. I, I, there's some catchy songs. Like I'm not gonna lie. But it's not good. It's not a good yeah. movie. It's not a good musical. 
and, and like you know how you're talking about how it didn't do as well maybe critically as La La Land it made a hell of a lot more money than it did Way it more had money. incredible sure. lakes incredible lakes which means that in yeah. other words people had good word of mouth about it like they were telling their friends yeah. about it it was going on like a couple of months after it was released and still doing mm-hmm. fairly well week to week mm-hmm. yeah well it's it was like a christmas time release in a year that didn't have a major star war Mm. Um, so it had like no, it was basically no competition except like Aquaman maybe, Ew. um, and Bumblebee. Like those are the two like big action movies, <laughs> well, which Bumblebee's great, but Mary Poppins Returns, which was actually I think gonna supposed to make more money according to what most people thought, but yeah, British Showman actually made a lot more money than that did. Yeah, right, that's true, and that had like the power of Lin Manuel Miranda behind it. Yeah, but, and, and also like that's the thing too, right? Is like the musical became really popular because of Hamilton. Um, mm-hmm. The problem being that Hamilton's like good, um, <laughs> and uh, but even like even you see like uh, like Disney made a very down the line like the classic Disney musical with Moana that did really well too. Yeah. Um. So once again, Moana's good. Um. <laughs> like the, the, so I can see why people would think now would be the time for cats, especially because, you know, um, there's this to me, and maybe Missy, you can explain this a little bit more. There's this, um, kind of precious, uh, like people are very precious about like their theater stuff getting adapted. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they're, they're, and it's this weird, whenever I've heard a creator talk about it, um, they're not opposed to the idea of a movie version of their stage musical. They just think that it should be 20 years before it happens. Yeah. And I could see how like someone would not want they like to me the argument of it was written as a theater piece. Um, I think it should stay a theater piece for as long as possible, and only like when the right set of creatives come together to make the movie, then we'll know it's right and we'll go forward with the movie. Mm-hmm. Um that's not what I've heard in interviews with like uh, like Lin Manuel Miranda was like people wanted to make a Hamilton movie right away yeah and he was like well it's gonna be twenty years before we I I will allow it to, sure. to be a, a a movie because like the basically because the 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 play's got to make the money first yeah um and that's really interesting to me because it's not an outright like oh, no, I think, like, you you lose something in that. It's like, uh, I lose oh. money. <laughs> yeah, it's purely financial, yeah. Yeah, it's it's purely financial, more than any other art form to movie adaptation. from And, like, there's they're pretty upfront about it. And I know theater doesn't make, like, a lot of money comparatively. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a strong argument to be made that a good adaptation of a musical is going to drive audiences to see it, uh, especially yeah. something like Hamilton. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, I think it's that's like a little bit of an outdated logic, but it's no one's willing to kind of break from it because then, then then their money's on the line if they're wrong. So yeah. you know, there's no incentive for them to be the one who like tries out a different method. Yeah, it's. I, I think everything you guys are saying is is absolutely correct. Um, it it is weird. It's because you would think that a book being made into a movie would be more of a stretch because written medium is is so different than visual and yes one can lend itself to the other but you would think that theater would be the easiest crossover because that's already a, a performance art. It's one where you're seeing the actors, you're hearing all that stuff. But for whatever reason and it's I feel like I know that I say whatever reason. I feel like I know what it is. It's because 
there there is a very I think MJ you said like precious it's it's almost kind of like pretentious precious and I feel like I can say this as a theater person because theater people typically see themselves as being higher art than things like film and television mm-hmm. because it is something where you have to be fully memorized. You have to be ready to improvise at the drop of a hat without extra takes. Like I, I would argue objectively, it's a, it's a little more difficult in, in a lot of ways than film or television acting. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of things in film and television acting that's much more difficult, but uh, in, in a lot of ways, theater actors see themselves as being more high art. And I think it's almost like a bastardization of this thing that's kind of cherished and protected. Uh, so a lot of theater people do get kind of like upset when things are made into films, but I think what you're saying is absolutely correct. I think at the end of the day, a lot of that is just driven from money because obviously things are made into film musicals and it's, it's like you said, like 20 years after when they have made the money, when they have their feet to stand on that. So it's, I don't know. I think like you said, it's it's a lot of that preciousness of, of theater people trying to keep it pure, but I don't know, people are willing to do anything for money. Yeah, I don't, well, and especially, like, um, you know, not to, not to steer this completely into Hamilton territory, but there's, they're releasing the, the original cast recording next November to a theatrical release, and that's, like, what, almost seven years after? Oh, man. Was it that long? Five years, maybe? It's, like, five years. Yeah, Hamilton, I think, was, like, yeah, 2015, maybe? Yeah. 2016? Okay, so it's, like five or six no i think it was 2015 so it's like six years after it's already been recorded sure that they're releasing this well i guess it was in 2016 so it's five years after it's been recorded but six years since the show debuted sure um and like really caught on and to me two things one why would you not release that in an election year um two uh, (laughs) i mean sure i mean smart move in like hindsight but, uh, you know, why would you not release that in an election year? And two, now that everyone's home, just release it to, like, one of these digital platforms and charge yeah. literally whatever amount of money you want for it. Because mm-hmm. people will pay it because they have nothing to do. And they all wanted to see Hamilton anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, such a mistake right now not doing that. Because theater's already so expensive as it is. Uh, it's just, it's insane that that's not happening. You could easily release if you released the Broadway recording of Hamilton with the original cast on whatever platform, we'll say Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. this Friday and charged forty dollars a rental, people mm-hmm. would pay it. Oh, it absolutely. would easily make money. Absolutely. I, I like am embarrassed to say what I paid for the shitty seats that I saw it at the Pantages at. So oh, it's like yeah. I, I'm sure people <laughs> do that for a great view of it. Yeah, I would. I haven't. I still haven't seen the musical, and it's my favorite thing like when people yeah. ask me my like out of all like, like out of all art that i've seen hamilton is my favorite thing yeah um so to blow that away from the hamilton talk uh <laughs> there like there's this idea that like, like people are clearly starved for broadway they just want the good stuff from broadway right. and cats. if you have something you, yeah not cats and so if you have something good from broadway and you make it available to a wider audience it's gonna drive sales like do you know yeah. how many people saw what? Okay, maybe to bring it back to Hamilton. Do you know how many people saw Hamilton because they streamed it on Spotify first? Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, because the amount of people, the amount of people you can sit in a theater to watch a play mm-hmm. is, is infinitesimal compared to the amount of people you can sit in a movie theater across the country right. on a multiplex that has sixteen screens and charges twelve dollars a ticket. Mm-hmm. Um. Right. 
but any like how many how many times have like things been adapted to movies and you see sales of the book rise mm-hmm. um like the, I, I read the prestige book because of the movie and the book's yeah. fine like, it's nothing special it's way yeah. different but i i wouldn't have read that book otherwise yeah i, I would stay with Cormac mccarthy um and i actually like him as an author but i wouldn't have read his stuff if i hadn't watched no country for old men Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think I think that like I can understand the temptation to make cats, um, cat treat pun not intended, and uh, but also read the room like you. There have been people coming out of the woodwork I think for years now being like cats is bad. Yeah, cats yeah. is a bad show, and it should not be a thing. Um, right. So I, I don't know. I think that. You know, it, it's not necess- it's not inherently a bad idea, but doing it this way was bad. <laughs> and yeah. just everything about it was awful. Well, uh, I think there's a certain amount of arrogance that it takes to go and take something that well, obviously has been languishing in Hollywood movie production hell for mm-hmm. close to 40 years now. And then thinking, I'm the one who can do this. You know, sure. like, it, there's probably a good reason why it's passed on this project before. So maybe you should take heed of those people's advice and not make that thing. Yeah. Well, and it's it reminds me of like when the Sonic trailer came out and I don't love it. I don't love that the Sonic people changed their vision because there was an uproar from the public. But at the like on the other hand of that, it it shows that public opinion, you know, it's not like they're unaware of that. And when Cats first released those images from the film, like people lost their shit because it looked so mm-hmm. bad. So it's the best day on Twitter ever. Oh, oh, it was. It was amazing. That was was anytime they released anything, I was just like, I'm not doing any work today because I'm just (laughs) gonna look at people's tweets about this. But like it's it's not like they were unaware of the public's view of it. And and maybe they thought it would be more of a meme and that could draw people to the audience or like to the theaters, but I don't know. It's it just it felt very arrogant because they knew how bad it was being perceived and received by the audiences. So I don't know. I don't know what the thought process was. I mean, definitely toward the end there with the marketing, it leaned into the, like, it's so bad, it's good. But for a while there, they were actually very sincere about thinking, I think, that it was, like, good and it was going to blow everybody away. So Mm -hmm. something changed where they finally picked up on it. And I don't know if it was, like, too much of the CG was in the can or, you know, like, they they couldn't go and redo it the way, like, Sonic did. Maybe they didn't have, like, and Sonic, I don't think they were that far along. I mean, obviously, the movie had to be delayed to go and do some of the changes they had to. But this, like, there must have been something where it was just like, we got to go full steam ahead. There's no salvaging this. Like, if we just act like everything's fine, <laughs> things will be fine. Right. And, and, like, our marketing will smooth over it. But it, it never happened. And, like, no. you know, this movie, it obviously failed. Like, people people did not like what they saw in those trailers. Yeah, yeah and I think, you know... It's different than because Spider-Man was, you know, they tried to make that for a really long time. And that was just technology not being where it needed to be to make a convincing like Spider-Man swinging around New York City or whatever. And so by the time it caught up and Sam Raimi made the movie, it was good. Like people still like that movie. And it's, you know, especially the second one like holds up Mm -hmm. because it was a matter of it languished for that long because technology didn't meet what it needed to you know, the standard it needed. I think with cats, 
people saw like people were like okay how can we do this and then they saw concept art and they were like nightmare fuel got it i'm out <laughs> um yeah. and then tom hooper came along and was like digital fur technology though right um but then there was like these bizarre choices so uh if you haven't been keeping up with the cat's meta narrative there's this uh pretty popular like film twitter troll i guess named ben meckler um his whole thing on twitter he's actually a professional film critic but his whole thing on twitter is like tweeting after press screenings that like he can't break the nda or whatever like so okay so most recently he was like uh i don't know if i can break the nda on black widow yet or not but the scene that takes place in the bread factory is incredible um like who knew you could do that much with ham or whatever and without fail these freaking blogs embed his tweets of like oh man people are going crazy over the you know the early reactions to such and such superhero movie or whatever Mm -hmm. and there's not a shred of irony in it they literally saw like he worded the first half of it as a positive review and then they just copied and pasted it because they don't get paid enough to read the entire tweet. <laughs> and so like there was one about like in uh, Civil War about the sex scene between Captain America and Iron Man and several outlets just ran it of like, oh, man, things get really heated between Captain America and Iron Man. Um, anyway, he finally got caught up with cats and. <laughs> One of his connections was um, someone who knew someone who worked on the movie and they tweeted him and they were like, okay, look, here's the thing. Uh, All those cats had b-holes to begin with. And my buddy's company got hired to remove the buttholes out of cats. Uh, (laughs) What the hell? Yeah, I know. (laughs) And then Ben Mecker was like, excuse me? And so he was like, someone needs to write a tell-all book about the making of this movie. Um, What has transpired since is somehow uh, makes more sense and less sense at the same time. Namely, that uh, there were not buttholes in Cats, but there were certain shadows in the final rendering of the CGI that kind of gave the suggestion of a butthole. Uh, (laughs) And so the company was hired to paint out those shadows and like, just make it look like there was like the, the way it was intended basically, which makes sense. However, um, one of the things they also had to edit out was a scene that's still in the movie but they took this part of it out of Jenny Any Dots peeing. Um, so there's a scene during her, or there's a, there's a shot during her song where she goes over like a sink of dishes and she like kind of squats and shimmies. Apparently she's urinating in that. God. Originally. And then they, they like, they took it out. Whose decision was that? Like, how does that make it to, oh, no, it's the 11th hour. We got to take the cat pee out of this movie. (laughs) But that's, I mean, that's the humor in the entire film is like 
my four-year-old nephew did. So my four-year-old nephew the other day was telling me a story about how one of their cats peed on my parents' car when they came to visit them. And he thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. And that's what the people who like made any of the jokes and cats are like, where it's like, oh, look at that fat cat. It's going to fall off a ledge because it's fat. Ooh, look at that other fat cat. He's going to fall and land crotch first on a bar. And it's like, so I, I can actually see that with the rest of the humor that's in that film. I do not doubt at all that somebody was like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if the cat pissed on the dishes? Like, I I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's, there's nothing funny in that entire movie. And it, that doesn't surprise me at all that there was at one point a cat peeing on something. It surprised me yeah. that they took it out. It's like nobody said no throughout this entire process. And yes. it just like results in this really depraved movie. And that's the only thing I can use to describe it is like, <laughs> Maybe Tom Hooper or somebody, they're just, like, working out their demons through this. But, <laughs> yeah, like, and that's I, – I mean, I hit up the group chat about that. The movie's impossibly horny as well. Like, it's barely <laughs> – there's a lot of, like, suggestive shots of, like, people licking their lips or cats licking their lips or whatever. Or, like, the way they drink milk in the milk bar is real weird. Um, yeah. And, like, just, like, a lot of gyrating and, like – Rebel Wilson, we, like, scratches at her crotch for, like, five seconds. Like, like a long time. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. And then, like, Taylor Swift is, like, a sexy cat in the movie. With boobs. Yeah. With, like, very pronounced boobs. And that's weird. Yeah. I don't understand, like, how this movie ended up as hyper-sexualized as it was. Uh, because I would imagine the show isn't that way. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I feel like I it's just know. like some some way of working out some demons under the guise of <laughs> a movie about cats. I don't know, but it it, it is a weird direction for that to take. Yeah, so it's Tom Hooper's like a freaky deaky or what? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I I'm maybe. I mean, I I can't. I, how can you watch this and not come to some sort of conclusion about Tom Hooper as a person? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it It's just uh, like as someone, unless it's just like a totally mercenary director, you know, one of those directors that go and hire just to shoot things, which I don't think he is. Right. That you like, you have to have some sort of love of something or want or desire about something to put something to film like it's just too much work to go and do something unless like you care somewhat about it and you know i'm not i don't think it's the producer's note telling them go and have more cat pee so like (laughs) you know it's like coming from somewhere and and therefore i have to conclude it's like him or a choreographer who's just unrestrained or like someone along the way is just like let's do this and it's just resulting in this catastrophe of depravity. Yeah. But then here's the thing is like someone's got, and we can, you know, jokes about rebel Wilson aside, like someone has to go to rebel Wilson and be like, what if you pissed during this? And then she has to go, all right. She has no shame. She, I, I, her in particular as an example of somebody who might have shame at being told to do something ridiculous (laughs) as a cat is like, well, but to me, like Judy Dench, freaking hiking her leg up, I'm like Judy Dench. Like you, you've been like the female equivalent of a knight, like by the queen. Like what, what are you doing? Why? I just, I don't know. Judy I, Dench is, she's the only one 
who, if I think about it long enough, could potentially get a pass from me on being in this movie. Because, and this could be a completely BS story. Basically, she said that uh, she was supposed to be in Cats on the West End. And then she broke her leg and she couldn't do the dance moves anymore. Um, So this was her opportunity to come back to Cats. Yeah. Um, And I can get behind that. Like, I could... I can follow that train of logic to understand why she would agree to be in this. Mm -hmm. Literally everyone else in this movie, I got nothing. Okay. I got one, one more to defend. I think it's earlier. It feels like the go for it. Oh, the the girl who played like the main chick audience insert. If you want to say that character, she um, isn't an actress. So this was kind of her big break. So I kind of, yeah. Yeah, I see a reason to think that she like I can understand why she would do it. Mm-hmm. Literally everyone else cannot understand or forgive. Yep. yep. <laughs> see, I think of it it's like I mean, it is money. It's a job for them. And I truly think because like we said, like cats is such a long running show and as as weird as it is, there is a large group of people who really do like love that musical. Like I, I know a lot surprisingly, I know a lot of people who really do enjoy it. I'm sure, and especially within, like, an acting community, if someone said initially they were going to make Cats into a movie and we hadn't seen anything, like, as a theater person, I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm sure that would actually probably make some money. Like, this is before we saw anything from it. So yeah. as an actor, I'm sure if it was like, hey, Cats is finally being made into a movie, as they're auditioning, it's like, hell yeah, like, this is going to be great. This is such a beloved, uh, long-time musical that I'm going to make so much money. It's going to be my chance at Les Mis to have my Anne Hathaway moment. And then I don't know. I don't know if at that point it's just once the the visual started coming out that it was too late for them to back out when it was very clear that it was going to be a very, very horrifying shit show. But I don't know. Like, I, I can see how initially it would have seemed like a good idea, like they could have been making some money from it. But then also actors, I don't know if it's like the equivalent of like a, a teenager trying to get an entry level job where it's like, well, I guess if I want money, I've got to work at Taco Bell. So for them, it's like if I want money, I've got to do fucking cats. But yeah, no. but like, t- does Taylor Swift need the cat's money? No, no. Like she's, well, she's, she's an abomination out, to. She's mankind. selling out stadiums, man. Like, I like. Does James Corden need the cat's money? Like, people watch that show. It's a popular show for some yeah. reason. Well, because he sings with people in the car. That, that's <laughs> yeah. It. <laughs> literally the only reason i can think of this movie did lead <laughs> yeah. to the funniest thing james corden's ever done which is go to the premiere and not stay for the movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. or well, i mean or even taylor swift originally seemed i was gonna say taylor swift originally seemed excited about it like before stuff came out like she was tweeting to her fans and stuff and then that kind of dropped off once it became very clear that people were not on board with any of this so I don't know. Yeah. I, I I do feel like initially they probably thought they were going to be making something semi cool. I, I don't know. It's it's hard to think that that could have ever been true. But yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that there's some people who thought that this was going to be brilliant, and uh, then reality conforms to our expectations <laughs> rather than theirs. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. You guys have anything else to say about cats? <sighs> I'm just glad this is the last time we have to talk about it potentially. Yeah, I I paid five ninety nine to rent this today. Oh no! And I'm really sad about that. But I also realized, like I said, how much I had not seen the first time we saw it. So 
there would have been a minimal amount I could have contributed to the podcast. So whatever, I guess it was worth it. But uh. yeah, there's uh man, what a bad movie. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Even even I imagine if I were a drug taking person, I I still I don't think that this would be something that I would want to watch. Dude, but that's no. speculative. I don't think it'd be salvaged by anything. I feel like it would just be scary. Yeah, I feel like if you took drugs and saw that movie, you would go to the hospital. oh Oh my gosh i can't imagine seeing that movie on drugs um i have no frame of reference for what a hallucinogen is like but man i can't imagine you would have a good time (laughs) uh i will say it was really fun watching it with you guys because we started a text thread oh yeah (laughs) during the movie In the movie theater, because we didn't want to uh, be disruptive and yell at each other. Um, no. And initially, <laughs> there's some pr- there's some pretty good texts. I don't know if you guys have gone back and read that text thread. No, I need to go it's, check it out. Okay. Go read it. Go read it if it's still on your phone. If it's <laughs> real good. The way you described it as being both the best and the worst movie going experience was totally accurate. It was it was very fun seeing it with you guys. Just a very, very bad movie. <laughs> yep. I did also like singing the Mr. Mistopheles song with Mike at the end. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> that, that was good. That song is a banger. I will say that. That song it's, gets it's stuck in song. my head a lot. Yeah. A lot. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what gets stuck in my head the most is freaking Rum Tum Tugger gets stuck in my head. And not just that, it's only the part that. Rebel Wilson sings, gets stuck in my head, and then I want to kill myself. Uh, the Mungo, the Mungo <laughs> Jerry, so Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Why is that the cat's name? <sighs> because in the I remember you texting with... me after and saying Mungo Jerry, and mm-hmm. I was like, "That's a lie," and you said no, and you were correct. Uh, this also, this movie did lead, uh, hopefully, Missy, to my contact name in your phone. Oh, yes. Hold on. I gotta. I think I know it. I see it enough. Uh, so MJ's name in my phone is <laughs> Butterball Stevenson Cakes. And it has because been for quite a while. That's my cat's name. <laughs> that's yep. and it no, it stemmed perfect. from. We were talking about Jason Derulo. Uh, that was it. <laughs> we were talking about Jason Derulo being in the movie. I'm the one who broke the news to Missy that Cats was being adapted in the first place. Um, oh yeah, and I didn't believe you. Yep. Uh, also, one of my favorite text threads. And we were, <laughs> like, you were furious that Jason Derulo <laughs> was in the movie. Turns out, kind yep. of the least of the movie's problems. Um, Very true. And we were talking about how he like sings his own name like some sort of musical Pokemon. And he, <laughs> I mentioned that like. It's funny watching him in the trailer because you can tell he wants to do that, but he can't because his name is like Butterball Stevenson Cakes or something. And you were like, yeah. that's your new name in my phone. And it has been ever since. <laughs> Which the other uh, uh, caveat to that story is one night, Missy's boyfriend called me from that phone <laughs> and did not question her about that contact name. What I since learned is that it, if you're calling someone, it shows up as like MJ Smith. 
Um, yeah. But then, like, several weeks later, he saw, like, <laughs> your text thread with me and was like, yeah. why is that the uh, Butterball Stevenson cakes in your phone? <laughs> yeah, it was great. Well, it's like, and it's, it's, so it's Butterball Stevenson Cakes, and then at the very end, which is, it's, it's a long name, it says MJ in parentheses, and so I don't think he saw it, he's like, what, what is Butterball Stevenson, oh, okay, it's MJ. I was like, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, that's gonna do it, uh, for us on this, on the Cats episode. Got deeper than I expected about the nature of art, um, especially yeah. for such a trash movie, but hey, and, I didn't and, really and feel like talking about it. Yeah, yep. Yes. And total depravity. Um, join us next week for a 2019 uh, recap and the discussion of the five solas. Um, yes. <laughs> Wait, I should got... Don't you better not be joking. I'm gonna be really sad. I am joking because we anyway. Damn we're going. Through, well, we're going through the rest of two lips since we started with total depravity in this one. Uh, Why haven't we had a Lutheran theology podcast where I can talk about the five solas? I'm just damn it, you're... MJ. You're free to start your own podcast. No, MJ. No. I'm not Lutheran, first of all. You're the one who brought up the five solos, MJ. It was you. Butterball Stevenson cakes. You disappointed me for the last time. The Catholic will set this one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Mike, can you write a line in the next precinct movie that says, It was you, Butterball Stevenson cakes? It was you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that. Perfect. All right. Uh, we will be doing a 2019 recap uh, fairly soon. Without the five solos. Without the five solos. Um, I, no one is stopping you from bringing those up, Missy. So It's fine. Well, bet your ass I'm going to. I will okay. incorporate them organically somehow. Sounds good. So be prepared. All right. Parasite. <laughs> Sola Scriptura. <laughs> oh, all right. Sure. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do it. That's what I'm going to spend the next week doing. <laughs> wow. That was not the solo I would have associated with that movie, but okay. <laughs> Hold up. Which, it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Because it alters history. That's the one that makes the most yeah. sense. Hey, you know what? I did it off the top of my head. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's true. Uh, wow. This went off the rails. <laughs> I feel like you've said that with every podcast. (laughs) No, I feel like The Mandalorian was fine. We didn't talk about the five solas or tulip in uh, that podcast. (laughs) So, you know. True. We just Uh, talked about David Duchovny not knowing what frogs were. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. What is frog, though? What What are frogs? (laughs) 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 So good. Um, yeah, uh, anyway. we'll be back with our 2019 recap. Uh, we're going to talk about most of the Best Picture nominees. I only have two left to see, so I'm just going to watch them. Um, I, I, mm, or two and a half, something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. I got to finish Little Women and Ford v. Ferrari. Um, oh. Okay. Yep. They're, and they're we'll, we'll talk about that uh, next time. Um, it's still quarantine. I hope you guys are doing okay. Um Yep. Yeah, stay safe. Don't get the coronavirus. If you need something to listen to while you're recovering from the coronavirus, you could probably do a lot worse than this. Um, You just (laughs) endured an hour of this, so you must be doing pretty well. Yeah, you're all right. You're all right. Um, But no, for real. If you've seen cats, you've had two hours worse. 
Yep. Stay safe, stay home, wash your hands, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, really glad we can still do this remotely because um, it's kind of helped me keep my sanity um, <laughs> when everything else, see, even though this this episode in particular was a little weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, hopefully we can all be in the same room to record this sooner rather than later. But um, yeah. yep, uh, we'll still figure out a Netflix party. I know I've been slow about that, but uh turns out I've had time. Um, so, yeah, I just, my thing with the Netflix party is I don't know what movie, like, on Netflix is good to, like, have people, like, chatting over. Yeah. Um, because, like, like, I, I love Buster Scruggs, but that's not a movie that I want to, like, read a text chat during, right? Right. Or watch on my computer at all. Um... Yeah. So if you guys have any suggestions, like listeners, like what you want to watch, um, I know probably the number one choice would be Spider-Verse, but a lot of people are doing Spider-Verse. So I don't know mm. how much we could add to that. Um, but something along that line, maybe Scott Pilgrim. Is Scott Pilgrim on Netflix? I think it is. I think it is. I also think it is. That oh, might be kind is. of. That'd be a good one. Okay. Maybe we'll talk about it. And if you guys have yeah. any suggestions, let me know. Um, but probably I'd like to get it done before April ends. Um, so within the next <laughs> week or so. I didn't <laughs> know what month we were in. And when you said before April, I was like, yeah. And then you're like, ends. And I was like, oh, wait. No, I was trying to figure out which month that I needed to wake up at the end of. Well, I think that's September. So we've got some time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself. Oh, screw both right. of you guys. Yeah, fair enough. All right, we'll see you next time. Uh, and remember, everyone, uh, Jellicles can, Angelicals do, Angelicals can, Angelicals do, Angelicals can, Angelicals do, Angelicals will, Angelicals are, Angelicals can, Angelicals do. Cats with the bad guys. I hate you. Yes.